Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi, I am Ariel from Christchurch, New Zealand, and I love Romantic Truth. Please, if you could replay the girl telling people to read the scripture in the Bible called Philippa Nunez, that was classic. I don't understand. She must ain't read Philippa Nunez 419. My God will supply every need of yours in his riches and glory. Unveiling the Enchanting World of Filipinas. Welcome back, dear listeners, to another captivating episode of Romantic Truth. I'm your host, Jao San, and today we're embarking on a beautiful journey through the realm of love with a focus on dating Filipinas. Now, you may be wondering what makes Filipino women so special and sought after in the dating world. Well, allow me to unveil the enchanting truths about these incredible ladies. Filipinas, the breathtaking gems of the Philippines, possess a unique blend of qualities that captivate hearts across the globe. From their inherent warmth and genuine hospitality, to their stunning physical features, Filipinas leave an indelible mark on those lucky enough to encounter them. One of the remarkable aspects about dating Filipinas is the way they effortlessly combine tradition and modernity. Deeply rooted in their culture, Filipinas exude a sense of respect, loyalty, and strong family values. They treasure their heritage and embrace their role as caring and supportive partners. But don't be fooled by their traditional upbringing, as Filipinas possess an undeniable spirit of independence and resilience. They navigate the ever-changing world with grace and adaptability, making them ideal life companions who can stand by your side through thick and thin. Now let's delve into the charm of dating Filipinas. Picture this, walks on pristine white sand beaches, hand in hand while the golden sunsets paint the sky with hues of orange and pink. The laughter and joy that fills the air during fiestas, as you immerse yourself in the vibrant Filipino culture. But beyond the picturesque scenes, it's the genuine connection and deep emotional bond that make dating Filipinas an extraordinary experience. Their inherent kindness, compassion, and unwavering support create a nurturing environment, fostering a love that grows stronger with every passing day. It's important to mention that dating Filipinas requires an open heart and a willingness to understand and appreciate their unique customs and traditions. As with any relationship, communication is key. Learning a few basic Filipino phrases or demonstrating an interest in their rich history can go a long way in building a connection that transcends boundaries. To all the single souls out there, don't hesitate to explore the captivating world of dating Filipinas. Whether you meet them online or in person, prepare yourself for an adventure filled with passion, love, and unforgettable moments. That brings us to the end of today's episode, dear listeners. I hope this glimpse into the world of dating Filipinas has piqued your curiosity and ignited a desire to explore the magic of love across cultures. 
Remember, the heart knows no borders. Join me next time as we unravel another chapter of romance on romantic truth. Until then, keep your hearts open, your spirits high, and may love find its way into your lives. All right, folks, we're going to talk about a subject today. Hi, everyone. Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth Podcast, Las Vegas. We're going to talk about a subject today that has kind of been brewing. What we're talking about today, passport bros. Now, here's the thing. I've heard good and bad about this. I've listened to some of the comments. I've seen some of the TikToks and I've seen a whole bunch of stuff on social media about it. I was one of these guys who used to travel overseas years ago, well before it was popular, well before 9-11 where it was easier to travel overseas, had more fun, we weren't as rigid, weren't as uptight. And one thing I will tell you that was different, it was the attitude of the people when we went over. Most of us went over and develop relationships. To this day, I have relationships in many countries with people that I've met along the way. Their families, their daughters, nieces, cousins, relatives. Had a friend of mine, Chowdy, over in Manila. She wrote me yesterday and told me about how her aunt passed away. When I met Chowdy's aunt, she was a young, vibrant woman. Because, see, they have a sense of family in these countries. I think a lot of times where we get it mixed up is that people may be going overseas to date for the wrong reason. Usually they're going for a pussy tour. We see a lot of this. This is nothing new. It's now picked up momentum since people are frustrated about the situation they're dealing with in the United States. What are some of the incentives for these men to go on these passport parole tours? Let's look at some of them. One, the younger women are not so quick to get married now, quick to get in relationships, these Gen Z women, because they're a little bit more independent now, and they want to go and have their fun. They don't want to get serious. Many of these guys, if you look at them, they're looking for relationships for the most part. Now you have the younger crowd that is out there just traveling around trying to fuck anything that moves. Social media has made it possible where people can actually meet someone online and then fly over to see them in another country. Back in my day, <laughs> you had to write letters, make phone calls, and it was expensive. And trips were expensive as well. Now, the other thing you have to realize is this. A lot of these guys, and I hear this a lot from women of other races, why do these black guys talk about these black women in such a way about the fake hair and all of this? Here's the reason. A lot of these women think that beauty is the cure-all for them to get in a relationship with a guy. Because they've been trying to measure up to the same superficial standard of beauty that's been put on them for centuries. 
And the problem is, the men are saying, it's not about the way you look, it's about the way you act. And so you have this chorus of women of different races supporting these women because they're women. But it has nothing to do with that because it was women that told them to focus more on beauty than behavior. And this is why they're in the situation they're in now. Now, the other thing is this. If you look back, as I always tell you, 70s on back, black women were black women. They had every kind of hairstyle you could imagine. The men didn't care. They dated them. You didn't have this exodus of men going overseas to find other women. What was the difference? These women were feminine and acted like ladies. That's what men are missing out on women, the femininity of them. Now, I was listening to a lady that uh, made a TikTok, and she was talking about how she's tired of being approached by black men. She lived in the Midwest. She's South Korean. She was adopted. And she grew up, and she has this Midwestern white girl type of mentality. Good for her. That's an achievement for her, I guess. But she's still going to be discriminated against by other people that she's trying to identify with. No matter how she looks at it. And she's talking about how she has to turn down the bros and everything. She's 5'5", 165 pounds. That's not special. She's just an average woman. You can find that anywhere. You can go on Boom Boom or anywhere else and find that. Who cares about the physical thing? It's the attitude. And so, she's venting about how black men are talking about the black women's hair and the fake nails and the fake this and the fake eyelashes. And she's sick of hearing it and black men shouldn't do this and she's pretty much taking up the cause for black women on that. But I would always say, also don't forget to take up the cause for the black man when black women also tear them down in public. And black men laugh at them. And black women have the floor where they can say whatever the hell they want to say. Calling them homosexual, calling them broke. Mama's boy, you name it. They can go down the list of names. And not one person will say shit to her. Try to correct her or check her. Nobody will say nothing. She can go on one of these talk shows and do the same thing. These women will agree. And even if there's a white woman, Asian woman, or Latin woman on the panel, she's going to shut the fuck up and let these black women have the floor and deface black men. If a black man does it, oh boy, every woman of every different race will come up and try to defend her when he tells the truth about something. And you want equality. Well, we got to first start with balancing that outrage and not have it as a selective outrage. Now, here's the other thing that I found interesting. 
in arguments that I've heard about this particular subject. The only reason why these guys are going overseas to find these women is to find someone submissive and easy. Nope. Some of these guys have actually built relationships with these people online. And they're going over to meet them. You know what's funny? When I was in the military and I went overseas, I got a chance to meet not only the woman, her family, her extended family, relatives. And when I got back to the States, I started receiving letters from many people that I've met. Friends, relatives, friends of friends. And there was one thing that I'll never forget that one lady told me when I was over there. She says, no matter where you are in the world, you always have a home. And that home is here in Manila. My family is your home. Because see, what you have to realize especially with the Filipino families, South Korean families, most Asian families. They stick together. Same thing with Europeans. When I say stick together, I mean they're concerned more about you, not what you have. Now, you will have some that have that dollar bill sign in their eyes, just like you do anywhere else in the world. But overall, the majority are concerned about you. See, it took a lot for a person to write a letter and send it through the mail to you back then. Now you could just go online and just, you know, chat all day long. And then when I would come back to see these people, it's just like we're carrying on the conversation that we had finished before we left. And to this day, keep in touch with many of them. It's much easier now because we can communicate online. But here's the thing that you have to understand too. It's a cultural shift that many of these men are looking at. They're looking for a more feminized woman. They're not looking for a combatant. They're not looking for someone that they have to argue with. They're not looking for someone that they have to sit there and say, okay, let me let you prove that you are this strong woman. What these guys are looking for, basically, is a woman that will be a partner and work with them. Meet them halfway. They're not looking for the heavy-handed, male-dominated shit. And this is what you guys are missing, because you think in extremes. And this is where the problem is. Fifty-one percent of black men don't have children. There's a reason for that. And we don't want to get married. So it's a minority of black men that have children. Because many of us have realized that may not be the way to go for us. A lot of us don't want to put our kids through the shit we go through as black men. Oh, the discrimination. Oh, shit. They have shovels of that shit for us. 
See, the black woman can always get into positions a black man never could. When it came to jobs or anything else. Think I'm lying about that? Let's go back to slavery. They would put the mammy over the house. And she would also be over the black man in the house. Who was more than likely going to be a guy that was more like a eunuch? Because the master didn't want somebody that was buff and virile that would go in there and try to fuck his wife or his daughter. He had to get somebody that the black woman could control. Because the white man trusts the black woman more than he trusts the black man, for sure. And for this reason, to this very day, a lot of black men think that black women are the right hand of white supremacy. Because some of the things that they do are what a black man would equate a white supremacist doing. Degrading them, talking about them publicly, and it being publicly accepted. Pretty much like lynchings were back in the day when a black man got lynched. That's the way they look at it. I know that sounds extreme, but it's true. But we don't think about that. You don't hear an outcry of black women talking about there should be more masculine black men in film, television, and media instead of all of these marginalized men being softened up as gay or soft. Not to say that anything's wrong with being gay, but you're not seeing the representation. You look at the white male side of it, they've always had a white man that was kicking ass and taking names. Chuck Norris, Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, Let's go on down the list, shall we? Clint Eastwood, The Rifleman. We can go on and on and on throughout history. They never softened that image up of a white male. The black male, they have. Who was the last person we had to represent that? Oh, the guy in uh, Wakanda, I forgot. Then you have Denzel, Will Smith, You see how sparse that list is compared? But see, that's not advocated for. This is the problem. Because a lot of black men feel as though, hey, they aren't there for us. Fuck it. We'll go on and get with someone else who is. This is the reason why these guys are expanding their horizon, going into other countries, going into other areas. Before the pandemic hit, the biggest trend for black men was to go to Brazil to find a wife, not a girlfriend. They had tours set up for that. Just like white men had tours set up through Anastasia to go over to places like the Ukraine before they had the war and meet women in Odessa and different places in Kiev, or Kiev as they call it now. So, we don't complain about white women that go down to Jamaica during hedonism in order to get some black dick, do we? Or the white women in the UK and Germany that go down to Zambia to fuck black men, do we? We don't complain about that. We don't complain about the Australians that go into the Philippines 
Thailand, Costa Rica, to get with some of the young girls there, do we? What I'm getting at, you can point out any group globally, they will have a niche of some sort. All of us do. All countries do. But what I'm saying is, when it comes down to this, condemning passport bros, you don't say anything about the passport girls that are out there, do you? The women that are going to Dubai, they get solicited on Instagram by some of these guys who pay for the airline tickets and they get there and God knows what they have to do in order to get that forty or $50,000 they were promised. And many of them realize how they've been used when they get back. Because it's not just guys that are going overseas doing this. There are women that are doing it too. But we fail to mention that, of course, because men have always been the bad guys and everything, especially black men. Now, this is not to have any kind of sympathy for black men, because after all, we have learned to take this because it comes with the territory. You have to remember, during slavery, we were the biggest threat. Rebellions and all that stuff, they were fearful of that. Just like today, many of them are fearful of the fact that they think that Black people are going to get together. All the minorities are going to get together and try to annihilate the white people because they want to get back, get even with them. There may be a small segment of people that want to do that, but the majority, nah. What we have to remember is this. We would love to have political correctness heal every wound you know we said that Obama was going to be the healer of race relations in this country nope but you found people on the right went further right people on the left went further left this is something that has to happen intrinsically in each and every one person You cannot legislate a person's feelings. And this is the problem. This is the problem that the left has had for years. Guilt is a worn out excuse. It doesn't work anymore. So this means that when a Joe Biden says, if you're black, you need to vote for me and the black women, oh boy, they they huddle around him on that one. But we gotta remember Biden was the lesser of the two options that we had as far as being, I wouldn't say evil, but being to our advantage as far as to do the most amount of damage. He was the least threatening. And now we're stuck again with the same decision we had back in 2020. And guess what we have to do? Go for Biden again. have any other choice now here's the thing that we have to also realize 
because nobody's going to really come in and overwhelmingly pick up the momentum for the people's confidence. I couldn't be wrong. But more often than not, a situation like this, you'd want the incumbent to stay in. Because we got to look at some things he's done. He did try to get affirmative action uphill. He did try to get student loans forgiven. He did try to get it where people can have the opportunity of a fair shake. And he is working for the middle class. I'm no Biden supporter. But I do support some of the things that he is behind. More so than any of the other clowns on the side of the left. I mean the right. And here's what I'm saying. If you want equality, ladies, maybe we should show mutual respect for men and women. So just as you're trying to talk about that man who's talking about black women, also correct that black woman that's talking about black men in a derogatory way. But I forgot. You usually stay silent when the black woman speaks because you don't want a confrontation with her. And of course, you already got the social protections of if a black man came after you with anything. Because the only thing you have to do is just be a white woman and just say, that big black man is picking on me. And that's enough for society to turn on him. But see, what a lot of minorities have, minority women have to realize also, that white woman, that minority woman who's remaining silent, who's not helping to defend that black man, she's not going to defend him publicly. Personally, oh, she's going to defend him, but she's going to try to take him for herself. This is what's been happening from time immemorial. And a lot of folks don't realize this. White women, Asian women, Latin women are not taking black men from you, black ladies. These men, these men are willfully going because they've been exposed to the behavior of some and they're not going to rifle through every black woman until they get one that's like you. Rational. And that's not going to be out there acting out or being a hyper They're not going to waste their time doing it. See, that's the difference. That's the disconnect. Because a lot of black women will go through all kind of shit with black men because they want to stay black and they want to get with that black man. And then they complain and they're still looking for him and they burn themselves out. These younger generation of black women have started to realize, hey, you know what? I'm not going through all that shit. They're saying, no, if I got to go white, if I got to go to any other race, I will do it because my happiness is more important than numbers and quotas. This is what a lot of black men have adopted. You see, the superficial thing is a lot of 
minority women think that it's because of the race. It has nothing to do with the race. It's the behavior. I'm telling you, it is the behavior. And if that person's been exposed to a plethora of people with the same behavior, exhibiting the same behavior, they're going to form an opinion. When they form that opinion, it's going to be a judgment. When they form that judgment, it's going to be a practice, meaning that they're not dating black women because as they see it from that snapshot, all the black women I tried to date were like this, and that's the way they go with it, just like a lot of black women do who write to this show. Oh, I've gotten some emails from black women that I can't read on the air. Where they talk about how frustrated they are and how they're done with them. And how they're only going to date white men. Or how they're only going to date Latin men. How they're only going to date men from India. Men from Afghanistan. Men from this country or that country. Because they've hit a wall. They've run across the same kind of thing. And when you get frustrated, what are you going to do? Of course you're going to change up. And that's what they've done. Am I mad at them for doing that? Hell no. Their happiness is more important than somebody else's satisfaction. That has nothing to do with them. And so, what I'm telling you, especially you minorities... Being patronized is not a complimentary thing. It's a placating thing. It fosters complacency. Now, the other side of the coin is this. As men or women, no matter what race you are, whether you're white, black, Asian, it doesn't matter. Your happiness is more important than anything else. And you should prioritize that over any other variable. Because it's your life. This is the only one you get. And if you want to be in a situation where you stay with your own race, okay, fine. If you want to go interracially, fine. And don't bend to the pressures of someone saying, oh, you should be, you should do. Well, guess what? Maybe they should mind their own fucking business. It's a good company to be an employee of. Because, see, what happens a lot of times, we try to put our frustrations on other people. So the black woman that couldn't find a decent black man that was about something, she now wants all the other black men, especially the ones that she would like to have, to only want black women. That's stupid. What that means is that you gotta do a better selection in the black men you choose, just like black men do with black women. But, you got to go for what makes you happy. You should be looking for the connection, the chemistry, the things that are going to bond you. That doesn't have a color. That doesn't have a race.
and quit limiting yourself to what the slave masters wanted you to have centuries ago. You can be free mentally and emotionally and not bound to some superficial obligation. Because, see, eventually what's going to happen, and I'll be dead and gone by this time, you know what happened in Latin America? It's what's going to happen here in the United States. You're going to have a mixture of people of different races, and they're going to outnumber the people of a single race. White, black, and everybody else. The reason being... People are more in tune with their feelings now. They can communicate more efficiently. They're more educated. More well-rounded. And less afraid of taboos and wives' tales. You have to think about it. We've come a long way in this country so far. We were in a world war where white society was afraid to even trust us with weapons to help defend the very country that they were dying for. How racist can you be? In turning Japanese citizens, having them to get rid of their property and giving them a notice that they have to get rid of items within a certain period of time in order to report to a camp and then decades later, giving the 120 some odd thousand people $20,000 apiece for their descendants. That's no fucking money compared to all of the hell that they went through, all the businesses they lost, all the homes and properties they lost, the dignity they lost. These are things we have to think about. As I told you before, based on the population of black people in the United States, you hear a lot of talk about reparations. What Joe Biden tried to do with forgiving the student debt, which came to about $400 million, $400 billion, with a B, billion dollars, that would be about half of what it would take in order to give every black person in this country $20,000 apiece. It run about $802 billion to do that. It would be a long stretch for that happens. But if you really think about it, looking back with a $35 trillion debt, yeah, it was feasible that could have been paid out of that. But it would be a problem. Many of the people would blow through that money in no time. I still will have the same problems we have today. Wouldn't change. So these are things that we have to really face and look at. And we don't like to. Now, when it comes down to dating internationally, it's something that's here with us forever. 
It's not going away. I had a friend of mine recently. He just met a woman out of Paris. He's getting ready to fly over. And they're talking about getting engaged and probably will get married. Right now, it's about this. Let me tell you something, ladies, that will help you immensely with men. The fewer problems and complications you have in your life when he meets you, the better a candidate you are. Same thing for men. But see, here's the problem with many of you. You base the man on his financial status a lot. He bases his assessment on your situational status. Big difference. So, if you're still married, you have three kids, and you're looking for a place to stay. Well, the only value he sees in that is maybe sex. You may not see any value in him at all because he makes less than 60000 a year. Where are you going on that premise? The makeup, the lipstick, and the hair, and all that shit? That's irrelevant. Because almost every woman has that on. So he has to look far deeper than that. But I'm going to tell you, the less complicated it is to date you, the better off he's going to be as he sees it. This is the reason why you don't see too many guys going to first move sites. Where women make the first move. And you ladies complain, you've written in about this about the guys you meet that are still married, the guys you meet that are in debt up to their ass and child support, the guys you're meeting that still has a court date, the guys that you're meeting that has all kind of legal and financial problems. Because the way he looks at it, if you're going to move on a guy first, you're just as fucked up as he is financially or situationally. And see, this is a nexus for some people. Their situation will bring them together. We saw that during COVID. Start going up on the rent. People started consolidating and moving in with each other that really didn't know each other for the most part. Outside of maybe co-workers or friends or friends of friends. And fucked around and started relationships. So it all depends. Talk more in a moment. So Maria, answer this question for me if you could. What seems to be the one thing that you have a problem with when it comes to traditional dating? Everybody be like, don't fuck on the first date. And I'm like, well then, what's the point of going on a date? We of Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, 
counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.